So something that I've really been challenged with and I've had to learn is the essence of what true worship really is, because I've associated it with so many different things for so long and not understanding what it means to practice it and actually give God my worship, which is something that I feel like we hear a lot if you've grown up in church or if you're even listening to any type of gospel or worship song. But what I've had to unlearn is the fact that worship isn't just a genre of music or lifting your hands on a Sunday or even just simply singing a song. Worship is truly a heart posture. And so this was really inspired by a devotion that I went through with my friends going into the beginning of this year. And it's honestly been wrecking me. I've been learning so much and it's something I've been challenged in to so many different levels. And whenever I was thinking about this episode, I wanted to actually look up what the definition of worship was, because when I was learning a lot more, looking within the word and the scriptures of what it was, I was realizing how much I really didn't know about it. And the fact that I couldn't even really define it or really clearly express what it was. So I found like the real textbook academic definition and it says to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor or devotion. So simply in the biblical context, what I heard within this devotion is the fact that worship is simply thanking God for who he is and what he has done for you. And this is important because at times like we can be praying, speaking or talking to God and still have not worshiped him. Like we can go to Sunday school. We can go to Wednesday night Bible study. We can go to church every week and still have yet to give him worship. We can sing a song. We can listen to music. We can play all the gospel, Kurt Franklin, Ty Tripp, Tasha Cobbs that we want and still have yet to give him true worship because Worship isn't necessarily always what we do in the name of God, but how we're actually approaching him. Worship is intentional time that we're setting aside to just simply thank God for who he is, what he has done and what he's going to continue to do in our life. And so as I've been learning that, it's really been challenging me to like sit and not just always like just be yapping at God, but but really taking time to praise, to honor, to revere and let him know that, yo, like you are Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, you are my provider. Thank you for what you have given me, my relationships and my life and what you are going to do. And really digging into that has changed a lot of my perspective. And so so that's really what I'm going to be breaking down and getting into for today's episode of a lot of what I've learned, what I've gained and what was imparted to me during that devotion that I felt like I definitely had to share. So welcome to the Just Different Podcast where we talk everything faith, life and culture. I'm your host, Darren Starks. And <laughs> no, Jordan isn't here, which I can explain because He was obviously supposed to be back this week for this episode talking about this very topic. But what had happened was this past weekend, I went to actually go see my friend in Athens, Georgia. Right. So I went from Louisville to Nashville and I carpooled with my friends, John and Eric, and we went to Athens, Georgia to see our friend Seth. And so we had to cut the trip short because we heard that there was going to be a snowstorm and we needed to get back to Nashville. So we left Sunday during the evening and we ended up getting back Sunday night. And I'm not going to lie during our trip, because we left Saturday 
evening a little bit. So we got there Saturday night. So we barely even spent a full 24 hours and we haven't seen him in a while. So I was like low key, like y'all, no, we're going to be good. We don't got to worry about no snow. Like these weathermen is lying. They capping like we straight. But thank God that we left when we did, because when we was driving, because we was driving through Tennessee to get back, bro, <laughs> the roads were treacherous. I'm not going to lie. I was looking in the back nervous. I was praying. I was like, yo, this is looking bad for the kid. But we ended up making it back. So no issues there. And this was Sunday night. And by that time, and by that time, the next morning, it just came down and it was crazy. So I haven't been able to leave or get back. So me and Jordan can't record like we originally were going to. I'm going to be back tomorrow. So Friday, we're going to be back on a regular schedule program with Jordan back in action. And so no worries there. And I think someone had commented like, yo, I love the vlog style podcast, but are y'all going to get back to just like the regular sit down convos? I'm like, yes, of course. <laughs> Y'all know what we do here at JD. So the vlog style episodes were just a crazy side quest. Like I thought it was going to be super fun. And so we just did those. But those are going to be few and far between. Like we're always going to be sitting down, talking, giving you our thoughts and going through topics that you all sent us. So, so y'all don't have to worry about that either. But let's get into it. So understanding the true nature of what worship is and how we can apply that to our life and or continue to grow in it. I think this is something that I have done a tremendously horrible job at, especially this past year, because I feel like I got in a tendency of casting my worries on God, but never actually worshiping him. What I mean by that is like, I would come to God like, yo, God, like, why haven't I seen my financial breakthrough? Like, why does my situation look like this? Like, why have I not even gotten this particular look or this respect or this elevation or this promotion? Like, I'm frustrated. I'm upset. I don't understand. I'm confused. And God wants all of that, right? Like, he wants us to cast those on him. He has an ear that listens and cares about what we go through, but that can never be prioritized or take away from our worship of him. And so I feel like in those moments, in that phase that I was going through last year, my language could have shifted, could have changed, or could have ended with, thank you, God, for what you are doing in my life. Thank you for all the opportunities, the open doors, the relationships, the elevation of my platform. Thank you for giving me a viable way to provide for myself doing something that I absolutely love. Thank you for giving me a tribe of people that care about what I have to listen to that you've entrusted me with. Thank you for having friends and family that support me, that are continuing to push me and challenge me in the right direction. Like, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for your mercy that would have changed my mindset completely. And I think sometimes whenever we're just like casting our worries and worries on worries, we're always looking at the problem and we never actually give any attention to God. And that can leave us in this very impoverished mindset in terms of, oh, woe is me, right? Like that's definitely what I, where I was all year last year. It was like, oh, like, woe is me. Like nothing's going my way. Life isn't fair. The system is the system is against me. This is super difficult. This is hard. Pursuing my dreams, making them come true, pushing toward the future. I don't know what I'm going to do. No one seems to understand me, and I never actually had a chance or gave myself an opportunity to look at what was currently happening and what God was trying to do in me. And so I was missing all of that because it had nothing to do with God. It was all about me. If that makes sense, it was like. It was only about my concerns and my problems and not about what God wanted to do with them or what God wanted to get out of them. So I wasn't coming to him from a place of gratitude and a place of faith in terms of, 
okay, yes, God, like I'm frustrated right now, but I believe that you still have a plan, right? Or I'm frustrated right now and I can't see it. Please help my unbelief. And even though I don't necessarily believe the way I know I should now, remind me of the times that you showed up. Bring back to my memory all the moments where you haven't failed and that you continue to show your hand in my life. Like, not that it, not that I did, shouldn't have casted my worries on him, but it should have always ended with worship, right? Like, it's that B clause. It's like, I'm frustrated, but and I think that kept me in a season of stagnation for so long because it made me frustrated and upset with God so I just wouldn't come to him because I felt like there was something that he wasn't doing when there was something that I just wasn't seeing right because my my perspective was off my lens was looking at life through one that he didn't give to me nor the one that he wanted me to actively pursue or keep on and so so this is definitely revolutionizing like my life especially compared to last year's if as you all can hear just in terms of where my mom was at like that language in terms of how you talk to yourself changes everything. And so in this devotion that we did, it was my friend Eric. Actually, he led this. It was super fire. He went through a passage in Matthew that definitely speaks to a lot of this in terms of changing your approach on how you come to God and understanding the power of what worship can do in our life. So it's in Matthew fifteen twenty one through 28, I believe. So it starts and it says, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. So this is important because we have to realize that we have a woman here who has a legitimate problem. She's coming to Jesus with an issue that she is facing currently that's real. That's not exaggerated. This is really her current condition and reality of her life. But she doesn't approach God or Jesus rather in the right way. She's coming to him not in worship, not in gratitude, not even in faith, but in complaint. Right. In this con in this state of worry without actually beholding who he is. And she's just coming to him, throwing this problem in his face, like, yo, what are you gonna do about this? How can you help me? And it's not until her approach or her posture changes is when he begins to move because God wants to move on our behalf. He wants to show his hand, his blessing, his miracles, his favor on us, but it doesn't matter how we approach his throne. But then he goes on to say, after the disciple said, Yo, send this woman off, she just comes to cry to us, he says, But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And this is the part where it changes everything for her. And then it, it continues to say, then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, oh woman, great is your faith. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. So I love this so much because I felt like I saw myself so much in her within this story. It wasn't until her approach changed that God then began to move on her behalf because you can see the way in which she initially approached Jesus. And then what happens when that is redirected right from the worry to worship. So it says, then she worshiped him. Right. And then she expresses faith on what she knows or believes that he's able to do. And then he looks at her and says, oh, woman, great is your faith. 
And then that's when her miracle and her healing happened. And during that devotion, something that was said that really stuck with me is the fact that whatever you worship Jesus for is what he becomes to you. So she initially comes with the incorrect posture of just the issue and the problem, asking God, well, what can you do for me? Then she switches her posture to worship of recognizing God for who he is, thanking him for what he's done, worshiping him in the fullness of what in the fullness of what our what already has happened then expresses faith in what he she knows he can do and that's when it changed she worshiped him as healer and that's what she received and it's just interesting what a change in approach can do for us and how god recognizes that you know because it is our default and the easy response to just focus on the problem what's going wrong or what is taking place but it takes strength to look at God in the midst of our pain, of our struggle, when life is pulling us in different directions, when it feels like we're lost, we're confused, we don't have clarity, when it feels like we're not going anywhere in our careers, within our job, when we're at school and we're just trying to figure out ourselves and what's going on. It's easy for our attention to just be focused on these things instead of actually giving, giving, giving that to God, right? And that's what And so this idea that I hear about all the time of, okay, worshiping God while you wait or like worship God in the midst of the storm makes so much more sense. It's continue to thank God, continue to believe God and have faith for what he's done, who he is, what he can do, even when it looks like nothing is happening, even when it looks like you have no idea what's going to come next, even when it looks like even when it feels like it's all going to fall apart, worship him anyway. And this honestly reminds me of the parable of the sower, because in this particular parable, there is a sower who essentially plants seed in different ground. And as a result of this, there is a consequence that comes with it in terms of how the seed is grown and what happens to it. And so so then Jesus explains this parable to his disciples, then goes into what each ground represented and what happened to the seed. And for one of them, he says, the seed falling among the The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And I wanted to highlight that and mention that within this because I believe that in the context of this conversation, when we talk about not just worrying, but worship, is that the worries of life is a tactic that the enemy will use to essentially corrupt the word that's inside of us. Right. Like it says it clearly in this particular parable that, yo, like this seed that was planted within us, the word of God, the gospel, the good news of who God is and seeing him, it it was it, it was choked out, not because of another religion, not because of some sort of spiritual warfare, literally because of the worries of life that consume this seed that was in, within us. And so we have to realize that these worries that come up within our life that may be very valid, very true, that we shouldn't neglect or act like aren't there, but we should never allow them to overcome us, overwhelm us to the point of neglecting God within the entire process. And for me, that's exactly what I did. The worries of life consumed me to such a degree that it corroded my faith. It dismantled my view of God, how much I believed him, my devotion, my submission, my obedience, because I never worshiped. It was always about what the concern was. It was always about the problem, but never about the individual that could actually help me throughout that situation. And so 
whenever I was thinking about all of these things, it's crazy how you live more life, you get a lot more experiences, and you just start to see yourself in the scriptures, in these verses, within these parables, within these stories. You realize how much of you is within this, um, and of course, why it was written to us. And so, it's really been transforming my life in terms of this year, even when I come up on minor inconveniences that I feel that are going to maybe be a stumbling block and life isn't going the way I expected it. I never allowed that to overwhelm me, consume me to the point that life gets in the way of God, <laughs> right? That, 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 that life gets in the way of my devotion. And I think that's really been calming me. It's been bringing me peace of understanding that there is that there is that there is a hand of God so much bigger than me that is working on my behalf consistently, constantly, even at the moments when I feel nothing is happening or I feel like I don't have any power to change things myself. So that is the power of worship. It calms you. It settles you. It sets your mind back on the totality of who God is and how minor the situation is in comparison to him. And so when we have that perspective, again, it doesn't take away what the problem is, what the issue is, or the work that we need to do on our behalf to solve it. It doesn't seem like this tsunami that's going to completely overtake us and take us out for good. Because I think that's the thing that's coming to my mind right now in terms of like just visually, I think like the cares and the worries of life can literally be like that. You're standing in front of this great wall that you have no idea how you're going to climb, get over or get through. What happens is we're standing in front of this wall and we're focused so much on what we can't do, what we don't believe that we can get over or achieve that we could just we just walk away. We just decide, okay, that dream isn't for me. What God's called me to eh, that, that may be for someone else. Oh, like this issue? Ah, well, I guess I can't do it. I don't know if I can get through this. This is the way life is just going to have to be for me, right? Instead of looking at God like, no, I can't, but you can. And I'm grateful for where that where my feet are planted, even in front of this obstacle, knowing that your plan is greater, your power is greater. And that's when that wall just starts crumbling down. And you see a door open you didn't see before. You see a different route around the door that wasn't present right before you worshiped. And it just completely shifts your perspective. And so, yeah, I hope that makes sense. But that's kind of the imagery that's coming to my mind of like what happens in life. Like we're just walking. We see these walls. We see these huge waves that come right in front of us. And it gets so daunting and scary. We can just be so focused on that, that it just causes us to be mediocre and stagnant and stay there. Um, but just shifting our perspective from what we're seeing to who God is, is when he starts continuing to make a way that's already present and shift everything in our life. And so, so essentially in ending all of this, worship is the key to breakthrough. All right gratitude, thankfulness, looking at God for who he is, what he can do, what he has already done, what he's doing now. That's the key to the next step. That's the key over the obstacle, over the stumbling block, what we believe is going to take us out. It's looking at him. And so, yeah, that's my challenge for you all. The rest of the year is like whenever these problems do come, like take an intentional note in your mind of, okay, like, being overwhelmed and feeling like, you know, that feeling you get deep in your stomach or your heart begins to race, that anxiety to sit and look at him, thank him, take time to breathe and really believe that it's all in his hands. 
because it is. So yeah, that was wrecking me. A little short, some slight EP today, but I just wanted to emphasize this idea of worship in terms of what it is, um, how that shows up into our life, and ultimately how we can apply it. So it's just looking at these situations even throughout the week, literally like, oh my goodness, like the situation at work is overwhelming me. I feel stagnant in my career, at my job. I don't know what's going to happen or what I need to do next. Financially, it's looking very unstable. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like, But taking a step back, breathing, allowing God to give you that plan, that clarity, and making sure you're taking action on behalf of yourself as well, um, of having faith, but that works, that comes with it. And so, so, yeah, that's just my challenge for you all this year that I hope you all take on and you start to see the fruits of, to go look back even at that verse in Matthew 15 that I mentioned of that woman, seeing how your life compares to that and what is your first response? Is it worry or is it worship? And continuing to condition, discipline yourself, your flesh, your mindset for that to be how you initially respond to it all because that's what how things change because that's the challenge of life and that's what the enemy wants to take us away from he always wants to focus on the problem and the issue but it's god who's going to be our salvation out of it so i love you all as always we're going to be back friday with it jordan's going to be here so i'm super excited um we're going to be and we're going to continue to get to it so stay you stay real and stay humble we'll catch y'all friday much love